tell them something that's actually going to be compelling. Here's why this is a story now. Here's why this is relevant to your readership. And here's what you're going to get that no one else is going to get. Reporters want access to information no one else is going to get. Welcome back to another episode on the Entrepreneur's Toolkit. This time we're talking about best practices in PR with Peter Harris, the founder of the Harris Agency. Thanks Edison Partners for creating this series with us. Peter, so great to see you today. Yeah, you too, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. So there's a lot of what goes into PR, how it ties into the marketing umbrella, how entrepreneurs and startups can leverage uh, you know, PR as a mechanism. So first, can we talk about like what's the difference between PR and marketing? Sure. You know, it's a it's a commonly asked question, and I think one that you know in today's day is is um, is a little bit harder to answer than say 10 years ago. Um, you know, public relations, PR, uh, you know, I look at it more as a, as a marathon. It's how are we, how do you build a company's reputation over time? You know, the, the famous, you know, adage, it takes 20 years to build a reputation, 20 seconds to lose it, still holds true today. Although I think you can lose it a lot faster with social media than in 20 seconds. Um, you know, so reputation, public relations is to me is really all about driving and creating and enhancing um, a company's reputation over time. You know, how do your stakeholders perceive the company? Good, bad, neutral, whatever it may be. Marketing is a bit more, um, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say a sprint, but definitely more focused on, you know, sales leads, filling the funnel, generating, you know, um, you know, bottom line results for an organization that a quicker turn maybe around a product um, or whatever it may be. But, you know, very much they work in tandem with each other. And I just think, you know, because of, of how much um, communications is meshing these days across channel, you know, I, I, I like to think we're working so much more in tandem the marketing teams than ever before. I mean, PR is not a function of marketing, but so much more teams are working together. It's more blended, it's more integrated than it has to be. I mean, than it's ever been, and really it has to be. So do you see PR more related to brand building, marketing more related to sort of sales and lead gen? Yeah, I think they, I think marketing and PR both ultimately are about, um, you know, enhancing brand equity. You know, um, strong reputations drive sales over time. Um, marketing more so very much a sales driven, you know, I would argue a sales driven function, but both are ultimately about um, generating driving brand equity for, for any organization. So, yeah. So for a startup, how can they think about, how should they think about leveraging PR to impact their growth? So I, I, I guess I would first start by saying, um, you know, don't think of PR as being as the old, you know, description goes of being about press releases. I think particularly for startups, right? It's 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 a lot more strategic than that. I think you have to be, you know, very thoughtful. You have to be very patient, um, you know, and you have to be very consistent. Building brand, building reputation, um, particular reputation does take time. And I think for startups in particular, is first understanding what's your story, what story do you have um, that you think you want to tell 
to the marketplace. Um, you know, if you're a startup looking for money, why should someone invest in you? If you're a startup looking to sell more product, why should they? Why should your prospective customer buy your product over someone else? If you're looking to hire talent, what is it about your organization that um, prospective employees or talent would should want to know about your organization? So. You know, PR, public relations, really relationships with various audiences for startups. I think first it's identifying who's the audience you're most interested in talking to or communicating with. What's the story you want to tell that person? Um, and what are your assets that you have to really define what that story is and why people should, should pay attention to you versus anybody else that's out there talking to them at the same time? Is there an exercise? Because I think what you just mentioned is so critical to this. Mm. I, I think it's common for startups to think everyone should care. This is all super interesting, and it should better be on like CNN, Fox, and MSNBC by the end of the day. And it may be that the reality is it's a more local niche story, and it's less interesting than they think, and maybe the audience isn't quite as as compelled as as they think they should be. So, is there a, a an approach or an exercise that a startup can go through to think through? What, you know, who is this audience? What's the narrative? How do they get the most, and I'm thinking more specifically about press now, but how do yeah. they get the most impact on whatever the story is? And think yeah. about what actually is the story. Yeah, well, well, so yeah, we like to take our clients through an exercise where, you know, creating that that, that their message framework, I think is really important. You know, I'm a former reporter. I have former reporters working for me. Ultimately, our job is to tell stories to media um, and to influencers and to um, influ um, other organizations to help advance that story to the people we want to get closest to. So we do a lot of work, Aaron, with um, B2B companies. So companies selling um, and wanting to connect and, um, and work with other organizations. And so the exercise we take them through is, you know, the first three key messages. First message is, what's the problem that you are solving? What is the problem that your client or your customer or your audience is solving? Um, number two question or message is, how are you solving that problem? And number three message is, how are you different? How are you different and better than anybody else when it comes to solving that problem? And then under that are the proof points to flesh out. You know, first message, what's the problem? Quantifying the market size, the challenge that um, organizations are facing. Number two is talking about product services solutions, um, dropping in some examples of who you've done who you've worked with to demonstrate you understand how to solve the problem, you've got the right tools and services to do it. And number three is who are you as an organization? Who's the leadership team? What are their experiences? You know, Why should anyone believe in you as a startup that you can actually solve the problem better than the other organization or the competitor that they're talking to? Um, that's how we like to talk. It's I think it's like how, how reporters like to frame up articles, um, but it's the, it's the proof points, it's the anecdotes, it's the data points, it's the customer customer references, if you have them, that really bring this thing to life. I mean, media today, and we do do a lot of media relations for our clients, it's still predominantly what we are hired to do, get their stories told through earned media. So, you know, um, um, all digital formats of media, all broadcast formats of media, blogs, podcasts, like this one, for example, um, you know, breaking through is incredibly hard. Reporters, there's they're being asked to write more, write more faster. Um, and so the more you can help the reporter write a really good, compelling story with everything they're going to need is going to be a lot, um, is going to go a lot farther with the with this getting that story told faster than than normally. I mean, reporters don't have as much time as they did to, um, you know, to really 
um, not the, 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 they're they're being asked to write so much more now than they ever have. It's just you know the the ability to source stuff to um, you know it, it's just critical that you build a relationship, you gain that trust with them, um, but you help them understand really quick why this is a story now and why they should care about it. And a lot of companies just don't understand. Just because you think it's news doesn't mean it's news or interesting. Yeah. Well, so I want to come back to that in a minute. What would you say to the entrepreneur who thinks about, you know, news is dead. We're, we're social media first and we're creating all of our content, putting it out that way. What, yeah. what is the why should they rethink what it may be considered more traditional earned media and how it could impact their business? Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think, you know, more and more, you know, it's the earned own paid social approach that that we are doing a blended approach for our clients more and more. Right. I mean, it depends regardless of who your audience is, they're all consuming information through all of these channels. So I don't think it's necessarily one over the other. Um, I think it's a combination of that surround sound that, you know, we, we talk to our clients about. That said, you know, for startups, um, for startups who are looking to break through, you know, getting a, a you know, a story in TechCrunch, for example, or VentureBeat, for example, or ROINJ, for example, is really important when it comes to their credibility um, and, and, who, and, and why people should pay more attention to them. So I think our media is still, and we know this from working with some of the largest organizations in the world to some of the smallest, is still incredibly important that, you know, that old saying, um, you know, the thud factor of, of hearing the journal or the New York Times hit the desk the next day and seeing your story and it is still rings, you know, still true today, but it's more so in the form of a click or a link or a, or a ding or whatever, as you're clicking through digital stories as they run. Um, but it's still, you know, earned media is still, as I mentioned, very much what we do. And I think still very, very important when it comes to building a, a company's reputation and credibility um, and telling their story, but it can't be the only, you know, you've got to think about LinkedIn, you got to think about Twitter in particular, the two channels we do a lot, a lot of work with. Um, and I think for startup organizations, for me, the first thing after you figure out what your story is, who your main audience is, the story you have for them is then looking at, OK, how do I connect with them through not just earned media, but Okay, are they on Twitter? Are they on LinkedIn? Um, we spend a lot of time with our clients looking at their sphere of influence on social media and helping them connect with their, arguably, their really important um, stakeholders one-to-one -one on Twitter, one-to-many on, on, on LinkedIn, and it's an incredibly effective um, medium. Those are incredibly effective mediums for that. So let's come back to the local national conversation and then, and then yeah. uh, talk about the, the maybe some strategies for Twitter, LinkedIn. Because you talked about, I think there's a lot of founders who are very eager for the TechCrunch headline. Yep. You mentioned ROINJ. Yep. You know, from our own experience, I can share how you know, we're just as happy with some of the sort of splashier brands, but our audience, especially with Tech United New Jersey, but being regional, a lot. I've been very impressed with how many people, business leaders, read some of those um, those publications and how impactful they can be. So even with some of your bigger bigger clientele, how do you think about the local versus the national impact and how and how valuable they are? Yeah. So they they. Um you know, it's interesting. We back in the day, we would tier the media out, right? You know, and you have the the major outlets, tier one, and then 
you know, re- super regionals tier two, and then the locals uh, maybe tier tier four. I think it's it's completely disrupted now. I think reputation is built as much locally as it is nationally. I think you know, with many of our clients who are looking to get to you know policymakers at a local level, um, you know, who are read by policymakers at a national level. You know, we 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 put as much weight and importance on the on the local media as we do on the national media, um, because every decision maker is a homeowner. They're a consumer. You know, they read their local. They want to know what's going on locally, but they also necessarily want to see what, particularly for our CEOs and executives, what's the business community in my state doing today, right? Um, how are they fighting climate change? What are we doing as an or- as as a community to fight climate change or healthcare or um, minimum wage. I mean, it's a it's it's a responsibility that everyone has, and and so therefore, to me, I I I ROINJ, NJ.com, um, you know, are almost equal, if not you know, as equal to the nationals that we deal with on a daily basis, and our clients absolutely see them, you know, as significant as as I suggesting that they are. So then let's talk now about how do you get the attention of the reporters who you're hoping will tell your story? We talk, we're going to come back to like how to tell that story, but yeah. just the practical, let's say they don't yet work with someone like you. How do they find reporters? How do, what's the best way to communicate with them so that they yeah. might get a reply you know, to, their, to their email? Yeah. So, I mean, first, first thing is remember reporters are humans too, right? You know, they are... They they um, they have a job to do. They're very very busy. They don't like people wasting their time. So if, if and again, I wouldn't I wouldn't overcomplicate it in terms of who are the hundred reporters we need to go to. No, find the top ten that matter most, right, locally and nationally. And if you're in an industry, a vertical industry, if you're in the fintech sector or healthcare, find the two or three trade reporters that matter most. And I would just start with a very small, strategic, um, important set of media. Um, and then we go about it a couple ways. I mean, it, I it's the multiple touch points, right? It's, yes, I've been in this industry for a long, long time. You know, I've got the gray hair now. People actually listen to what I have to say because I'm, you know, I'm the old guy in the room. But, the, you know, the fact of the matter is I'm still talking to reporters I started talking to when I was 25 years old working for an agency in New York City. You know, and we still, we, we talk about personal stuff. We talk about business stuff. Not everything results in a story. And I think that's important too, is building relationships with reporters starts with first making that connection with them, right? Hey, I, I saw your story about X. I thought it was really, really important. You know, a couple of things, you know, you may want to think about for the next time you do a follow-up story, send them an email. God forbid you you actually give them a phone call, right? Um, Is that an know, okay thing in the industry to actually like absolutely. call them? Yeah, absolutely. Just don't call them on deadline. So we usually call reporters, you know, late morning, early afternoon. I mean, yes, it's more of a 24-7 news cycle, but most reporters between when the market opens and the market closes are still very much, you know, um, preoccupied. So call them earlier in the call them in the morning. Generally between 10 and 12, call them between one and two. Don't call them in the late afternoon because they're generally all filing stories then. Um, They're all on social media. So Twitter to us is an incredibly effective way to connect with a reporter, follow that reporter, like what they've posted, comment it, retweet, reshare. Um, you know, I don't know about you. I, I pay attention when people inter- interact and engage with me on social media. So, you know, in a, so email, phone call, 
point out their story, show them you're paying attention to what they're talking about, what they're covering. You actually understand who they are and what they care about. Um, you leverage Twitter um, as a one-to-one -one basis for them. And then if they're writing stories that you like, reshare them um, on, on Twitter and, and, and also on LinkedIn. I find incredibly effective way to, um, to engage. I have a, a, guy, a person who works for me as a New York Times reporter. I can't tell you how many times he gets a hundred emails a day from companies pitching him stories. Just think about that. There's one reporter at the New York Times, the volume of stuff he gets from companies who want them to write a story about them. And so, you know, it first it starts with our are there literally, are there any typos in the emails that I'm getting? Because if there are typos, I don't want to talk to this company. So make sure consistency, um, you know, is there and it's professionally written and you understand who the reporter is and what they're covering. Tell them something that's actually going to be compelling. Here's why this is a story now. Here's why this is relevant to your readership. And here's what you're going to get that no one else is going to get. Reporters want access to information no one else is going to get. So give them advance, give them access, give them something that is going to give them a story that they normally wouldn't have. Um, and that goes for every reporter anywhere. Um, and then Can from we there- we talk about just, the, the length of that? Because we, you know, I've been in a lot of pitch meetings and emails. And sometimes, yeah. you know, when it's three pages long or even five paragraphs long, I'm just like, this person doesn't ah. understand how other people manage their time. And that's yeah. a no, no. How long Keep specifically should that first outreach be? Um, three to four sentences max. Yeah. Yep. So even though yep. you got to get in a lot of you know information, as you just pointed out, in a really smart, efficient, short way. Yeah, I don't know about you. I don't read emails longer than three or four or five sentences, and reporters certainly a lot of don't. Most people unless, don't. Yeah, unless they unless they are expecting something in response to, and it's called like you got to hit them with a you know the hot start, um, get their attention, get them responding. This sounds interesting. Send me some follow up information, right? Then send them a little bit more information. You may not hear back from them because they're probably writing four or five stories at the same time. Um, so be patient, you know. And but no, I I I I get pitch letters from my team, Aaron, pitch emails that are multiple paragraphs, and I'm like, guys, you've lost me after the first paragraph. So chop yep. it down and, and hit me, you know, sort of like when you pitch in a byline or it's an abstract. Hit me with an abstract, and once you, yeah. I bought in on an abstract, they give me a little bit more information. But if you can't pitch a reporter and get their information in ten seconds on a phone or in 10 words in an email, there's nothing there to it anyway. Yeah, agreed. And I, you, you said it quickly, but I think it's so important to reiterate the point of relevancy and authenticity, right? Having liked yeah. some of their things on social, having read some of their articles, and maybe you comment on the first sentence, you know, loved your post on XYZ, think about this next time. Because they're yeah. used to getting, as you said, hundred or hundreds of these a day. And so if you're not paying attention, they think they're just on a long list, you know, very quickly or easily to be, easy to be uh, to be passed over, I would think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Again, it's, it's what's enabled us to create and maintain relationships over years or even new ones, right? I mean, we're, we're creating relationships with media every day because there's new reporters coming on, you know, every day, which is great to see that. I think, you know, to me, there's nothing more important than journalism and the people who write about who are, who are reporters, who are keeping all of us honest um, and transparent and authentic and, and trust, right? Trust, trustworthiness is probably the most important thing for every organization today. Um, but, you know, it's a matter of that connection. It's a matter of taking the time, but it's also a matter of showing them that you're paying 
attention to who they are and what, and what they're all about. You know, people, yeah. as when I was a reporter, the only time I'd ever hear from anyone was when they were not happy with my stories. Um, yeah. That happens, right? You know, reach out every now and then and just compliment them on a story, help them shape the story. And I think it's also important for people to know that not everything then equals a story, but ultimately it's over time that it adds up. I mean, we've worked with some outlets where it's taken nine months to get a you know a, a segment to actually appear on a national program or a story to run in a national magazine. You know, I know some local reporters here or outlets we work with in New Jersey. I mean, they're they they've got a you know a pipeline of stories that's three to four weeks out, right? So it's unless it is tremendously impactful, breaking news, big acquisition, something like that, you, you just got to realize the the news cycle is is so hectic right now that you just got to be patient. What about the uh, you know should should entrepreneurs spend money on press releases? Um, so yes, provided there's news in the press release, right? You know, you don't want to become the, the person who's crying wolf, you know, we've got now this next new shiny thing. And now this next two shiny thing for me, you know, for startups, it's, you know, it's a couple of things. One is, you know, acting and behaving as much as you can, like a publicly traded company. So new customer wins, um, um, make a mid-year growth report, uh, new additions to your team, talent, your team that you're bringing in, um, um, new products and services. But it's not, don't, for me, it's not version 2.0. It's give me something new and interesting. Don't keep yeah giving me the same thing all the time. So, you know, press releases, yes. Um, I do think they're worth putting out there. I think they're worth paying to put out there for search engine optimization, I think is critical. You know, I think if they're doing a, an announcement with a, a JV or a partner that's a bigger name, brand association equity is really important um, for both employees as well as partners. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't just put out that, you know, you just, I don't know. You, you, you got to be really prudent about what you were putting a press release out, Aaron, because the more you put out the people, the, the, the less people listen. Is there value? Does it matter if, especially as an early stage company grows, if it's like the founder and CEO reaching out versus, you know, someone on the team who's leading media or PR? Is there value yeah, so in? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question because, you know, reporters love to talk to the person in charge. Right. They want to talk to that person in charge. And so even with some of the largest organizations we work with, um, we put them in charge with the person. We put them in, in contact with the person in charge. You know, they want to talk to the CEO. They want to talk to the co-founder um, or the partners. And particularly at startups, you know, the CEO is very much, um, you know, the face of the organization. They're the they are the, the voice of the organization. You know, many of the CEOs we work with were the ones who founded the company, had the idea you know, surrounding themselves with really smart people, but it's, it's, that's who the media want to talk to. The flip side of that is, you know, you can kind of, um, just not distill, but you don't want to, um, diminish the importance of who that CEO is and what they represent. 
right? So, you know, you don't want to make them available to everybody all the time because then there's no reason to want to talk to that person. So, and I also think it begins to start making the company look small if the CEO is the only one doing interviews all the time. So, you know, if there's a chief innovation officer or, you know, head of HR or chief growth officer, you know, by all means, put those people for it as well. Um, but I think with well, out of the gate, you know, to me, having access to the CEO, putting the CEO forward is, is also really important. And then I think dial it back a bit. We're, we're just about out of time, but I want to spend just a minute on newsjacking, like inserting yourself sure. into the news cycle. Can you give entrepreneurs tips on how to be relevant with, you know, some major news headlines? Yeah, sure. I mean, newsjacking is just something we, we do all day. You know, it's 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 a matter of what's going on in the news cycle, you know, whether it's crypto, whether it's payments, whether it's, you know, electric vehicles, fill in the blank. I mean, there are so many topics that are just in the news all day long. And a couple of things. One is paying attention to who's writing those stories. Number two is is making sure you have the reporter's information, um, contact information. Number three is if because the 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 um, the news cycle is so 24-7 now. Stories are updated almost on a regular basis, almost by the hour with new information coming out. Um, make sure you have something smart to say to a reporter who maybe written a story that is relevant to who you your company is. Send them an email. Let them know that you, you, know, you, you, you belong in the story. You've got a point of view, a perspective of what they're writing about. But I'll be honest, Aaron, newsjacking is a lot easier when the reporters know who you are and, and, and why they should care about who you are versus yeah. just emailing them cold. So this all starts, all of this starts with first building relationships with the media, with the influencers, with the third parties who matter most, because when they know who you are, they respond to what you want to talk about. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, a lot, a, a lot to do here, and um, some great tips here. So, if people are interested in learning more, where can they find out more about, or potentially even working with you? The, where can they find out more about the Harris Agency? Yeah, no, I, I uh, look. I'm a huge proponent and a member of the board. I think what you're doing is great. I think. New Jersey has an amazing story, stories to tell. I'm a New Jersey guy myself, 54 years, so have a lot of pride in in in, in the the community and the businesses here. So I'm at Peter at the Harris dot agency, um, no dot com, no nothing. Peter at the Harris dot agency. We have the, the Harris dot agency website. Um, so by all means, reach out. I'm on Twitter, PG Harris 11, LinkedIn. So you know, love to hear from you. However, is most convenient. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your, your support yeah, and appreciate thanks. Edison working with us on this Entrepreneur's Toolkit series. We've also got uh, tips on, on fundraising, on legal, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already seen the others, check those out as well. Peter, great to be with you. As you know, we like to do a lot of the high fives, so give me the one, two, three on the camera. One, two, three. Boom. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Let us know your favorite takeaways on social media at We Are Tech United. Stay tuned. More of Tech United on Tap next.